This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, a leading game developer providing player favorites to the most successful brands across the industry. With an award-winning multi-product portfolio of slots, live casino, bingo, virtual sports, and more, Pragmatic Play is powering up new possibilities of play through one single API. Visit pragmaticplay.com and discover your favorite every time. But yeah, Evan, it's uh, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, I wanted to kick off uh, today because we're gonna do a deep dive into Sigma Group. Obviously, we've been friends for a very long time. I remember before you started Sigma when we spoke the first time through Martin and uh, you know starting Sigma and uh, and um, and kind of seeing the show grow from the very first year into what it is today. But I just want to uh, start off on 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 a, on an interesting note. I remember a couple of years ago. There was like a really strong rumor that Sigma was uh, about to be sold, um, and everyone was talking about it, uh, and, and it it ended up seemingly not going through. Can, can you clarify this rumor? Like, what happened? My there? God, you're you're going in there on uh, yes. something right, on a high note right from yes. the beginning. Yeah, there is no warming up with you. No, Mr. Beast <laughs> told me that uh, you have to start on a high note. Yes. <laughs> True. Look. The, um, enough time has passed now, and uh, the rumors were true. Right, we were. Uh, looking at an exit, um, not convinced, but looking at it yeah. uh, to the extent that we had passed all legal due diligence, commercial due diligence, and that exercise lasted over a year, right? Yeah. So 12 months of painstaking due diligence, yeah. uh, which we've uh, passed with flying colors and uh, COVID hit. So we're talking around March 2020. Right. And uh, the exit was based on an air note and it didn't make sense. Right. There's no way you're going to have a healthy air note right. of three years in the midst of COVID. Right. So, yeah, quite frankly, the deal was just called off. And uh, thank God for that, because <laughs> three years ago when we were selling the Sigma, it was just Sigma back then, not even the Sigma group. When we were selling Sigma, it was just one event in Malta. Um, so fast forward three years. And now we have six conferences around the world, all of which are extremely successful. Um, we also have invested in a media group, so we want to become affiliates. There's an angle there which uh, I'm experimenting with. It's a risky one. It's a bold one. We can talk about it yes. later on. Um, but we're not just events. We're also an affiliate company. And uh, during COVID as well, we launched a VC fund called Gigai Ventures, a 20 million fund where we invest in rock stars of the industry. Plenty of rock stars who deserve a chance and, uh, and uh, yeah, cautiously optimistic this will also do well. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And so, and so do, you sometimes, do you sometimes aspire to maybe picking up that conversation again? Do you think you'll ever sell Sigma in the future? I'm having so much fun with it, man. I, I'm learning so much. When, when I was looking at um, exiting, I thought, I'm done, right? Yeah. So you could sell a company not having to worry about when your, where your next meal is coming from, right? The exit signified that. And, and to me, that was very valuable. Um, but now the Sigma Group is in a completely different ballgame. It's not just about events. It's also the intersection between events, the VC world, um, the affiliate business, Frontier technology coming into gaming. So, because we also have a vertical on Frontier Tech. It's learning customs, culture, and the way business is done in LATAM, in Asia, in Africa, in the CIS markets, in the Middle East. Um, this is amazing, right? We didn't have this three years ago. It was only thanks to COVID that gave us a reinvigorated strength to get out of our comfort zone. And we just went for it. And, 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 it's a learning curve. It's a learning process. I had no idea what VC is until three years ago. I had no idea what private equity is, what uh, what even digital marketing is to the extent that we know it today. Had no idea of M&A, had no idea of what's going on outside the comfort zone of Europe. And I'm learning all of this as, as we go along. Um, so yeah, I don't think we're quite ready for a sale yet. Um, we're also having fun growing 
not only organically, which is what we've done until recently, but we have also mastered, to an extent, with a lot of help, uh, growing through acquisitions as well. Um, I can expand on uh, three acquisitions that we did this, just this year. Uh, one was Brazilian iGaming Conference, which helped us set foot in the Latin markets and have locals based in Latin America. An acquisition of an affiliate site, which helped propel our media business. And one that I have really close to heart is the part acquisition of Affiliate World. To me, it's the number one affiliate conference for all verticals, not just gaming, all verticals. They do a show in Barcelona, a show in Bangkok, and a show in Dubai. And part of the acquisition is aligning their shows together with Sigma so we can provide a healthy bloodline of new affiliates to the show. So I can talk ad eternum about um, all of this, but yes, I'm learning the art of growing not only organically, but growing also through strategic acquisitions. Yeah? And, and yeah. quite frankly, no, we're not ready to sell. So, so you went essentially from uh, a company ready to be sold to the company that buys other companies then at the end of the day. And, you know, Evan, I'd like just to, to point out, like, you know, I've, I've known you for a long time, like I said, and you, you, you built uh, Sigma with really high energy and uh, you're definitely not scared of risk as you have gone through this journey as well. Um, do, do you think if you would make, uh, if you would sell Sigma, so, like, what would you do because I get the feeling sometimes with entrepreneurs I speak to and so on that uh, um, the high energy and the risk taking and uh, and the the crazy day to day become becomes an addiction oh, at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I, I couldn't see myself um, uh, retiring for yeah. more than half an hour. Right? Just my my mind starts. For one day and then, oh yeah, then yeah. then I'm bored. Um, but yeah, I, I've already set myself up. Um, for the future, uh, thanks to two things, right? Uh, Ikigai Ventures has a 10 year mandate. Uh, so we're building projects uh, with the aim of exiting uh, around 2030. So there's Ikigai Ventures, which will keep me uh, entrenched in the industry. And something which I have very close to my heart is the Sigma Foundation. Uh, so I have no plans of retiring from either of those two. No. Um, everyone dreams of becoming a millionaire, right? Okay. And I also had that dream of becoming a millionaire. Um, once you become more uh, millionaire in a monetary terms, yes. you start realizing it's okay. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's not such a big fucking deal after all. And, uh, <laughs> and today I look at becoming a millionaire by the positive impact you can leave behind you. And by positive impact, I mean, yes. I want to become a millionaire, but I define becoming a millionaire the day I'll be able to positively impact a million people on this world. And so, uh, so that's a journey that will uh, take time. Uh, the foundations are set. The Sigma Foundation is operational. And uh, it is my ultimate wish to impact positively as many people in this world before I... I uh, later yeah, rest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, they say that uh, money can't buy happiness, uh, right? But uh, money can buy a jet ski. And uh, pretty <laughs> and happy on a jet ski. Makes, ski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, so, so let's let's uh, break down these um, uh, kind of verticals that you have in the company one by one. It'd be interesting to understand the company a bit better because Sigma Group, as you point out now, in the last three years have, has expanded from this one core event that kind of built the company that set the foundation and then you 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 have kind of um, springboarded into a lot of other opportunities here so uh, let's start on the ikigai uh, front so you launched this uh, venture fund in kind of the um, the peak of uh, the markets in 2021 i believe um and um and um and it's a it's a 20 million euro fund uh, that you are uh, that you're investing within the gaming mm -hmm. space i believe so so can you talk first of all first of all um what are the main investments in the uh, in the ikigai uh, fund today and um like what type of opportunities are you looking to invest in and then and then finally as well perhaps can you talk more about the venture landscape at the moment because we are in a high inflation um uh, kind of landscape right now high interest rates and 
uh, investors are perhaps seeking themselves to more yeah. safe spaces yeah. rather than like venture high risk spaces mm-hmm. or like how uh, how does that impact your fund as well yeah look um we can talk all day about uh, the landscape um truth be told is our fund is a small 20 million fund of which 16 million is my own money so <laughs> I, I, I i'm looking forward to the day i can i can call a, a 20 million euro fund a small uh, small fund oh but there's yeah. there's big <laughs> I, i'll tell you one thing there's big whales out there uh, talking yeah. billion euro uh, yeah, sure. funds so yeah. we're 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 really this is our first my first fund the plan is to have more funds as we go along yeah um 16 million is my own money uh, so i have a lot of skin in the game and uh, 4 million uh, has been invested by limited partners from within the industry okay uh, folks like uh, the guy behind soft the bed the guy behind bed construct yeah um, some folks from japan some folks from uh, germany all big mm. players in the industry and uh, they're more of strategic investors rather than uh, uh, people yeah. who just put in money mm. correct so yeah it's a 20 million fund and true at the moment interest rates are high which also is uh, directly correlated to <coughs> investment and vc appetite being on the low side um, risk wise but we've had no problems finding rock stars in the industry approaching them uh, with uh, projects where we come in not only with money but we come in also with good governance we give them all the support they need whether it's legal accounting marketing sales HR, everything, mm. right? We just need to find the, the rock star with 10 years, 15 years experience in the industry who's uh, proven themselves as a successful CEO, as a leader, um, who are now ready to take on the next journey as equity partners. Mm. Um, so that has worked fairly well uh, so far. We launched a platform in 2022. We're launching games. We launched games in 2023. So four projects we want to incubate. Platform games, 2024 will be the year of crypto payments. We want to launch something in payments. 2025, uh, perhaps a live studio uh, somewhere in, 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 in Georgia. Um, so that's the mandate of uh, Ikigai Ventures. It's, it's doing fairly well. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping that by the end of this decade, by the end of 2030, uh, we'll be returning anywhere between 15 and 20x returns. Oh, yeah. to to all the LPs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, have you deployed most of that capital uh, yet or are you still very open to, like, uh, is there still a lot of capital to deploy into? Yeah, the, yeah we, we deployed um, 70% of it, mm-hmm. um, but we plan on recycling another 4 million. So 20 million in, but we will invest 24 million because 4, 4 million that we'll collect back from the startups and from successful exits, we will reinvest it in the fund, giving more of an upside to our investors. Yeah. Uh, And uh, can you mention a few of the portfolio companies that you have? Yes. Quantum Gaming is one. Wicked Games is another. There's Fastex. We're, We're also investing in this space, not just purely in online gambling, but if we see the intersection between frontier tech and gambling, that's a space we're very comfortable with. Uh, so, yes, Fastex, uh, the guys from Bad Construct are be behind the project, has been doing tremendously well. Yeah, they're doing really well, right? Oh the Fastex token is like four x four x return <laughs> in uh, mere twelve months. Yeah, so the investors are very happy uh, with what's going on in there. Uh, Quantum Gaming is already running a profitable business in one and a half years managed to build a platform with its own bonus engine uh, with a robust team across three cities uh, with an active healthy pipeline of uh, clients wanting to come in so yes the market might be a bit weary of the vc world but let's not forget the elephant in the room right there's huge traction in the online gambling industry. The sector is growing at 10 to 20% a year across different geographical locations. Those new players, this new revenue needs to go somewhere, right? This is as simple as it gets. Uh, So unlike the oil industry, which will start shrinking in the coming years, so there's alarm bells ringing. Unlike other industries that are also shrinking, the online gambling industry is 
growing at a big rate. You know, states are regulating. More countries are realizing that they cannot ban online gambling, so they'd rather regulate it, protect the player, and collect some taxes in everyone's best interest. And state by state, country by country, they're all embracing regulated and safe online gambling. And we want to be in that space. Right, right. Uh, do you have any particular like investment thesis? Uh, say like Warren Buffett, you know, he looks at the balance sheet and that's the only thing that is interesting to him. He doesn't care about uh, the latest trend or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, we... Obviously he's a hedge fund, uh, which is a bit different time horizons and stuff. Yeah, but do different. you have any particular like uh, thesis or do you look at every opportunity individually? Yeah, we, well, we unfortunately let down uh, 98% of the startups that uh, land on our desks. Um, so we're very, very selective. And uh, the reason I call it Ikigai Ventures, um, we look at the rock star, at the person who is... Um, we look at the project, obviously, but to us, what's really important is, has this person got uh, what it takes? Have they found the Ikigai <laughs> to get the startup to a profitable business. And by Ikigai, I mean, has this is, does this person love what they do? Are they fucking good at it? Um, <laughs> does it pay them well from the start? Meaning they're not gonna burn out. And is their product fixing something uh, in the wider scope of things? So if they hit all four, then we understand this is likely an investable business. Um, quite frankly, that's our thesis. It's unorthodox. It's based less on numbers like Warren Buffett. And it's because we like to get into startups at an early stage, right? We like to take a bit more risk because we are there in the trenches with them. We want to get involved with them. We don't just write checks like uh, Warren Buffett would. Yeah. Yeah. would. So yeah, our thesis is completely, <laughs> completely different. So you're, you're following to some extent uh, Tim Heath of Yolo's uh, thesis, which is uh, his uh, no dickhead policy. Yeah, <laughs> a bit more subtly said, probably, but yes, a huge fan of Tim Heath, by the way. I'm a huge fan of Tim. Uh, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Uh, so moving on uh, into the conference uh, landscape and the events that you do, obviously, um, through uh, COVID, you decided to now pursue this global um, uh, strategy where you basically are hosting a major show in each uh, continent uh, mm -hmm. uh, at the moment. Um, at the same time, everyone, or not everyone, many people are saying that uh, there are too many shows in the calendar at the moment, and more and more shows are added. Um, we, we get this feedback a lot. Uh, uh, how does kind of this work out for you guys? Uh, do, do you get the feeling as well that there are too many shows? Uh, why are people saying this, do you think? Is it sustainable, the, uh, the kind of the conference landscape that we're in right now, where there's happening a show pretty much Every, every week, couple, every day, a couple of months. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. If the simple answer is, I agree. Um, at the same time, gaming is truly becoming global, right? So, until ten years ago, it was predominantly a European market, right? So, a few events in Europe were were enough. Um, it's truly becoming global. So, what do we do? We have six conferences. We have one in Malina. One in Dubai, one in Africa, Trotates, one in Limassol for the Russian-speaking market and the Balkans, one in Malta for Europe, and one in Latam. Uh, which one would we cancel if we had to cancel one? Which one? <laughs> um, I don't know. Tell me quite frankly, which one would you remove if you had to remove one? Yeah, they, they get, like my quick analysis would be, I mean, Sigma Malta is a machine. It's established for 10 years. 10 years People are now, looking yeah. forward to it. And, um, I, I, I suppose the... Um, uh, the, 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 the Limassol one, it's catering to, uh, to, to an industry over there in Cyprus that is Bro, exploding you, right now. You have no idea but... how many people... So let's, let's call the facts, right? Yeah. The Slavic market is booming. Yes. You know, wherever you go, there's 30% of the audience at least coming from uh, Russian-speaking markets. Our conference in Limassol addresses that market. So we have speakers... Uh, we have the conference conducted in their language. No other conference does it as far as I know. Um, so uh, removing the show in Limassol would be insensitive towards the needs of the Slavic market that wants to have a conference um, that caters for them. 
right? Right. Um, so, yeah, Asia is underserved. There isn't that many events Asia, over there. Look, right? Asia, a popul- at the continent, has a population of 4.5 billion people. Yeah. <laughs> and you're telling me Asia doesn't deserve to have a conference dedicated to online gambling right. in the heart of Asia? Yeah. Dubai, again. Dubai is more about frontier tech. But now the Emirati government has just set up a regulatory body. And mark my words, uh, until recently, you had two meccas. We're talking land-based now. You had two meccas in Vegas and Macau. Those are the world meccas for land-based gambling. Mark my words, it will take a number of years for Dubai to fill the gap, the geographical gap between the two and become another world mecca for land-based gambling. Great infrastructure, great hotels, great airport connections, flight connections. They have it all. They have it all. It was just a matter of time for them to switch on the button. And they've done it a few weeks ago with the setup of the new regulatory body. So should we cancel that show? I don't know. Man. I don't know. I don't know. But what do you think of, um, so in Dubai, what's the expectations there? Do you think they'll also warm up to online gambling uh, over there as well? Or they are looking at the land base specifically? Yeah, great question. Um, I think they're, they're holding the cards very close to their chest, right? So whatever people say for the time being is all speculation. Um, the strongest sign is out there. They have set up a regulatory body uh, for iGaming and lottery. Yeah. Uh, they are also inaugurating the first land-based casino. I mean, a few years ago, you wouldn't even dream of saying these words, right? But in 2026, in Ras al-Khaiman, the seventh farthest emirates of uh, the Arab Emirates, will have its first uh, win casino. Uh, it's a beautiful emirate, by the way. If you guys have been to the United Arab Emirates, you've probably been to Dubai or Abu Dhabi for the Grand Prix. I would strongly suggest take a visit once they have the casino, perhaps go to Ras Al Khaiman. Beautiful scuba diving, great mountains. It's, it's just an amazing emirate. <laughs> Fantastic. And, uh, and so that's the first emirate to set up a regulation RAK over there. And they seem to be more uh, no, open-minded. The, the Arab Emirates, as yeah. a country, they set up the regulatory body. Yeah. Ras Al Khaiman, as one of the emirates, yeah will host the first land-based casino in 2026. Right, so it's two different regulatory bodies. It's the no, same no, it's regulatory reg- body. One is a regulatory body, is there yeah. to regulate. The other one is just happens to be the first casino oh, okay, to okay. open in Ras Al Khaimah. Oh, right. yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Uh, and, um, okay, so then we have the Brazil show, obviously a huge success this year. The yeah, would you, would, would uh, you remove that? Uh, I mean, but uh, I, I suppose uh, if, you, if, you have, if you have a gun to your head, <laughs> uh, I would say that that's probably the riskiest show. Brazil? Yeah. A volatile um, yeah. uh, because you of get Latam in general is so uh, volatile uh, over there. True. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you one thing, judging by the feedback and the response from returning customers, yeah. I mean, the people who went to our Brazil show, they expected this and they got ice vibe in terms of yep. magnitude. Um, uh, so I don't think it's going to be uh, a flop in 2024, no. right? Based on the feedback we're getting. We're going to sell out fairly soon and a bigger floor plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it all hinges on regulation as well, right? The appetite yeah, yeah, yeah. hinges on regulation. Um, one thing we didn't do to our defense, um, I don't want to take credit, but yeah, we didn't go to North America because you guys, <laughs> the guys of Clarion, the guys of G2E and the guys of SBC, you guys are doing an amazing job in North America. And we honestly feel there's enough of great products there and that's the reason we haven't yet uh gone into the north american uh, american market that, that makes my blood pressure get a bit lower so thank you for that <laughs> oh, come on man. You, you guys are killing it oh, no. oh, in new york and there, there's let's let's call a spade a spade the shows in north america are not cheap no they oh, you know it as well it's oh a, a my god and the unions start yeah. whipping and so yeah. you guys are killing it and uh and we have Total admiration for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 uh, it's not the easiest uh, show to pull off of it, that's, that's for sure. Um, I, was, uh, I was going to mention as well, I mean, um, yeah, so, so like looking at the shows now, as you point out rightly, you know, there, there's a lot of new shows that are added into the calendar, both from yourself, from uh, SPC. Um, we obviously added our uh, US show during COVID as well. Um, and, um, and, and the feedback is, uh, it's, it's been an 
explosion of showers, right? But, but another thing there, um, if, if you allow me, right. Pierre, it's true there's six shows this year, but if there's one show about LATAM, if there's one show about Asia, yeah, exactly. you as the European guy, you don't have to attend everything, right? If you have a head of marketing focusing on LATAM, and you want to target affiliates, you send that guy. You don't need to cover all the ground yourself. So companies grow, companies open offices, satellite offices elsewhere. So you may wish also to send other people to cover more ground, right? Exactly. Um, a Betsin present only in the Nordics is not the same Betsin of today that's present everywhere in the world. So what exactly. does Betsin do? Does Betsin attend only ICE? Or should they justify attending another few shows throughout the yeah, year? Yeah, you know? and, and yeah. And I, th I think that's the, that's the main point here, that uh, COVID changed the industry fundamentally in this regard. That, um, you know, from 2019 to 2022, we have PASPA being repealed in the US, which opened up an entire industry in the US and tens of thousands of professionals uh, there in the space. Uh, at the same time, uh, I think your point is excellent, that uh, the industry went from being a very European-centric industry, where the main offices are in Europe, um, even if Betson would take players from, say, Latin America or uh, yeah. other, other places, they wouldn't necessarily have Tash local Beach. offices. Tash uh, Beach. exactly. Yeah, everything from Tashbish. Exactly. Uh, whereas uh, now you're seeing all the operators are taking a much more localized uh, approach offices in, in the jurisdictions, the competition is tougher, so they need to be much more in tune with the markets they are, uh, that they are operating in. And that puts a lot more pressure on, on the um, on kind of expertise being, uh, being born and grown locally. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, we look at Latin America today, for example, there's a whole community there now of professionals who are, uh, who, who are who absolutely know the ins and outs of the, of, uh, the various markets in Latin America, right? Which we perhaps wouldn't have found um, six or seven years ago, let's say, uh, to, to the same extent, uh, perhaps. Um, so, so I think that's the uh, that, that's pretty clear what the two reasons why there are now so many shows. Because number one, the industry is so much bigger than what it was five years ago, and number two, this localized approach has then opened up these continents to a lot more professionals yeah. um, taking place there. But nonetheless, I Thomas Thomas Friedman. Yeah, a uh, very good author, which I yeah. I love following. Thomas Friedman talks about this term. He coined this term called glocalization. <laughs> um, so think global, but also act local. Act local. Uh, glocalization. I, 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 I love like the it. term. Yeah, I like it. I Sorry, like it. just had to throw it. Yeah, in. yeah. Hence the sigma dot world. Uh, uh, yes, think think global. Yes. Um, but but nonetheless, you know, we look at the landscape, and as you as you point out there, there are still many 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 shows uh, in in the industry and, and so the, the question still begs like if we think from a bigger perspective if we take the helicopter view and look at this landscape of so many shows that are uh, out there today um what will happen do you think in the in the future like yeah uh, i think yeah, yeah maybe darwin has to darwin has yeah. to roll up his sleeves and uh, right. do something about it survival of the fittest mm. at the end of the day so, so do you think for now everyone is thriving? It seems like SBC are doing really well. Oh. You guys are doing super well. You know, we, we are doing our thing, and and do, do, you're do, doing well. Come on, <laughs> stop being euphemistic. <laughs> about, about that's, your... that, that's where I see yeah, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to judge. I think. Yeah. Uh, but but do, do you think um, do you think do you think at some point there will be like a, a calm down? <laughs> In the industry, asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, man. I don't. For as long as governments uh, keep embracing it one by one, for as long as technology allows for more adoption. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think. I, I actually think the other way around. I think it will get even more cluttered. Um. So, yeah. No, no, no. Good. No, there's, there's. Look, they're all doing well. There is demand. Clearly, yeah, there is yeah. the demand. So, the, so, so uh, you know, I mean, this this is pretty much a therapy session for me, by the way. So, <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for thank you for all this. No, no, no. <laughs> if I if I if I were advising you, I would tell you um, yes. uh, pull the push throttle and and and, and yeah. push more, push yeah. for more, yeah. Yeah. push for more. Yeah, it's a we 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 we've chosen an interesting space to to build confidence in. That's for sure. We haven't chosen the easiest route. Uh, that's that's definitely the truth. Right. <laughs> it is it is a stressful business. Yes. Uh, and so on that note, uh, you know, you've um, you decided this year for the flagship event. It's still the flagship event, I suppose, even though the other events are now kind of um, catching part. up to some extent. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
uh, Sigma Malta is moving venue this year, um, and you've chosen a, a, a very unorthodox uh, venue for uh, for Sigma Malta. You know, Malta is a small island. We we don't have a mas- massive conference expo center, of course, and so uh, the only option that you had perhaps to uh, to expand the show is to take over one of the shipyard uh, buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, from from an organizational point of view, um, I would be very nervous organizing an event of that magnitude in a in a non-purpose built uh, venue uh, yeah. how d- how do you uh, how do you sleep at night yeah, knowing that this is coming up look shitting bricks but, <laughs> but, but yeah yeah um yeah it's 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 not easy man it's not easy it's the venue it was far from ready and we had to gut it all out and literally pay for it ourselves, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Yeah. We could have gone to Berlin, we could have gone to Barcelona or Lisbon or London with state-of-the-art facilities, with all the accessories you need, ACs, restrooms, parking, everything state-of-the-art. It would have cost us a fraction of what it's costing us to do it in an unorthodox venue in Malta. Why do we do it? Yes. There's an element of crazy for sure, <laughs> but uh, you gotta respect them. But <laughs> but, uh, but we we feel that Malta, um, whatever the naysayers may say, remains still today the hub of online gaming in Europe. It still remains so, and uh, we also owe it to the country because the show is not just about gaming. The show is also uh, contributing to Maltese economies in many, many ways. So uh, for the time being, we feel that uh, Malta still is the home of this show and we will, uh, we will not shy away from taking you know, bold decisions like the one that we did uh, for this year's show uh, to keep the show in Malta. Um, yeah, so for the time being and for the next few years, uh, the MMH, the Marsa shipbuilding site, will remain yeah. the home of uh, Sigma Europe. The, the venue is three to four times bigger than the MMFCC. And we sold out in weeks. Uh, so if I had the opportunity to get a venue that's four times bigger than this one, I think we would <laughs> sell out. And that's a certificate that maybe the crowd still wants to be in Malta, at least once a year yeah 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 it's incredible sure strength for sure um what would you say are the biggest challenges of uh hosting an event in a venue like uh, uh mmh malta maritime hub malta maritime yeah. hub sorry yeah um everything right we need to outsource acs uh they didn't have powerful acs in malta so we needed to outsource them from italy restrooms um we needed to find uh, 300 restrooms that are you know not these blue restrooms you find right. in parties yeah which yeah. are <laughs> that are really nicely done those also we had to source from italy boot builders there's not enough boot builders in malta so we had to find so in malta there's maybe 10 boot builders we had to find another 40 so we have 50 boot builders and finding these guys who are going to trust us and bring a couple of containers each is not easy. But we found from Poland, from Germany, from Italy, from Belgrade. Um, and those guys are flying in as well with truckloads uh, to make the show happen. Uh, what else? We needed to fix the roof. Yeah. Uh, so got it all out, got the beams and fix it. If you go now, you'll see people just fixing the roof. As we speak, the floor was uneven, so we had to gut it all out and make sure <laughs> it's done. Put new doors on the expo venue. Uh, well, it's going to look fantastic. So it's by the sea. Uh, it's in this shipyard that has this industrial feel. So we're going to light it all up in, uh, you know, up lighters, UV lights, you name it. We have it. It's rotating strobes to light up the ceiling. We're going to have mega yachts uh, by Berthids acting as boots we have around 800 sponsors and exhibitors some of those exhibitors uh, won't be indoors but will be outdoors so you have this festival feel we had to bring 20 containers 
cut them all out and make a nice uh, food court so we can have enough uh, catering areas where people can sit down, have meetings and, and have lunch. It's truly a festival. So what you're going to see in Malta is unlike any other expo that we organize and that our colleagues in the industry organized. Um, it's truly one festival where let's make friends and the business will flow. This is the vibe that we're trying to create and I hope we'll manage in November. Yeah. Uh, you know, listening to you talk about it here, you have to, you have to take out the floor and build a ceiling on this, like kind of renovate the whole thing. Um, isn't there an opportunity for Ikigai? to invest in actually building an expo center. Oh man, you're, 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 <laughs> you're hitting a sensitive nerve there. Uh, you have no idea how much lobbying we have engaged with. Uh, we worked with the most reputable uh, statisticians on the country to compile an economic impact assessment that a show like Sigma leaves on the island. So uh, these statisticians calculate that just uh, one show of Sigma uh, would generate the equivalent of a thousand fully gained employment. So it's the, the, the volume it leaves on the country. It's like creating 1000 jobs uh, in Malta. Imagine if you can do 10 of those a year because of a proper expo venue, you can attract more business. That's the equivalent of 10,000 jobs, creation of 10,000 jobs on the island. Mm. Um, yeah, we've been lobbying with the government. I think the MFCC uh, needs to be refurbished. Quite frankly, I think it's embarrassing that you bring all these sea levels, you know, hyper successful individuals to a conference, suit and tie. And if it drizzled, there's uh, water droplets falling on their suits because, you know, we're hosting everyone in a tent that's been there for 20 years and uh, no one has bothered investing in a proper expo venue we want to do it yeah. uh, it's just uh, we need to find the uh, the political will right. um so we can uh, achieve those those goals right 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 so uh, so in the future it's not uh, the door is not closed yet essentially uh, no 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 the, the the door is still open it's just you know it needs to make uh, sense uh, for all parties right so right. so yeah. yeah discussions are still ongoing and uh, I truly believe that Malta deserves to have a state-of-the-art expo venue. Absolutely. Um, so moving on to the uh, next vertical in, in Sigma Group, which is um, uh, affiliation uh, as well in the group. So that's another uh, vertical that you launched uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I saw you, you're releasing news, you're pushing hard in the US uh, currently uh, with uh, many, um, licenses. Uh, many licenses uh, over there. Um, can you talk about um, why did you decide to launch that vertical? Because seemingly you are somewhat competing against your own customers in a way. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, like, have you gotten like any, uh, any negative feedback from that from affiliates? None whatsoever. Uh, no? None whatsoever. Are we competing really? Um, there's, there's 5,000 affiliates. Now there's 5,001. What difference does it make to the affiliates whom we are rolling the red carpet of Sigma for them to keep they don't pay to attend our conferences. Um, we actually fly quite a significant number of affiliates, flights, hotels, entertainment. We work really hard to make sure there's a big list of operators. Um, so we don't expect affiliates to exhibit with us. We don't expect them to spend money with us. Um, we invite them. We curate the guest list of affiliates. Uh, so they haven't really complained that we have launched the affiliate business. To the contrary, I used to go to operators uh, begging them to take a stand. You know how hard it is <laughs> to persuade operators yep. to invest because it's time consuming, let's face it. Booking a stand, having to build it, creatives, it takes away time from your team because they have to focus on it. And uh, typically operators do not find it rewarding to invest in a boot if they're only targeting affiliates. So I used to go to operators back then myself when I used to do all the sales and operators would tell me, yeah, man, quite frankly, I, I like your energy, but you know, fuck off. Don't bother me with this, with this <laughs> shit. You know, we don't have the time to exhibit. 
Um, those same operators these days, they come to me, they tell me, Eman, okay, what, what is it going to take for you to put me on the website and send me some traffic? <laughs> well, uh, come on, you remember the boot which you refused a few years ago? <laughs> so, Leverage. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so our affiliate, uh, more seriously, our affiliate business complements extremely well our events business because it helps to keep the ecosystem. Uh, Sigma is always about bringing everyone. It's not a B2B show. It's a show which brings regulators, B2B, B2C, and affiliates under one roof. For us to keep attracting affiliates and operators, we needed to create this uh, media arm. And uh, it's, it's working beautifully. Yeah, right, right. Um, and, and so it, it's a long-term investment, right? Uh, the affiliation is uh, painful. It, it painfully painful, long, yeah. and you have to build it from scratch. SEO. Lots of investment. You don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. SEO which market is a bitch, man. Yeah. SEO is a very long game. Sometimes yeah. it punishes you. Sometimes you, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's yes. difficult. Yes. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, I'll share. Maybe it's not the secret sauce, right? Because anyone who has a basic understanding will understand our, uh, our thesis. Um, SEO requires huge efforts for backlinking, for uh, insightful content. And the Sigma brand has truly become a, an authority in, in, in iGaming, right? So player A can, uh, any player can read a review on our site. Let's say we're doing a review of a slot game. Then they can also see the CEO of Pragmatic Play raising uh, the Sigma trophy at the awards. They can see the pragmatic play CCO speaking on the Sigma stage with the Sigma microphone. So what we're doing with our uh, media business is uh, on a platform that is instilling a level of trust and a level of authority, right? Because we are working with the industry. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, through organic backlinks that we get from, from PACOR, from uh, government agencies, that also will help to elevate uh, our media right. business. Yeah. Right. Unlike a Does traditional, that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Un yeah. Unlike a traditional affiliate, which would have very difficult uh, time to get this. They have to like, pay for backlinks, really, right? Uh, and, hard, and, yeah. and still, you know... You still don't get the, the regulatory bodies yeah. to link into exactly. on a, a regular affiliate. You're not going to pay the yeah. MGA to give you a backlink, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, not to not to beat our own uh, drama here too much, Evan. Uh, you know, but uh, it feels a little bit like the um, traditional conference organizers uh, organically are taking more and more space in the industry. You know, like again, like roll back uh, seven, eight years ago, and we saw the shows. They were like, you know, Sigma Malta is taking place in November, and you go there, and that, that's all you hear from that company. And same same with Ice, you know, Clarion or whatever. Uh, then you see a news portal appearing, and now you see uh, the, you know you guys going into affiliation. You see uh, uh, M and A is taking place, and the company is growing and growing and growing. Uh, it feels like uh, it feels like you built the company from a very organic uh, kind of foundation. Um, unlike again, like in in the space of affiliation, again like um, affiliate starting an affiliate website, doing uh, straight affiliation. Um, will not uh, enjoy the same benefit as you do in terms of what uh, backlinks they can get to the site, for example. Yeah. And, and um, it, it feels a bit like you, you know, th through the database you're creating, um, how you can leverage that. The company is becoming more and more powerful, let's say, from this like organic uh, beginning. That in theory, yeah. yes. What, what is the yeah. uh, what's the what's the master plan, uh, Evan? If you, no, uh, there's, if you there's... like there, there's a lot of opportunity. To yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Look, if we can create an ecosystem, this company level, right, we're speaking, if we can create an ecosystem where every piece of the puzzle is fueling the other, um, I know the YOLO group does it exceptionally well. Um, and, uh, and that's why I, I look at them as one of my, there's a few mentors in the industry yes. and the YOLO group <laughs> and Tim specifically, right. I look up to them. And they've managed to create this vortex where their businesses are fueling each other and they have managed to create this vortex where it's just on their own they keep uh, growing from strength to strength and uh, kudos to him we're, we're trying to do in much smaller uh, scale something similar right where our events business uh, is being assisted by our media business and those two businesses are also fueling the vc arm those three businesses are also helping the foundation um and uh yeah hopefully they keep fueling each other out right okay. um 
Yeah, because yeah. if, if we look at it, you know, foundation-wise, what you have today is, uh, and, and look at the, um, say, say the, the major affiliates today, like, uh, say, the better collectives, the Catena yeah, Medias yeah. and so on. Um, again, these are traditional affiliates that have been really good at scaling and kind of weaponizing their uh, their, their market cap in order to make uh, good acquisitions. Correct. They are obviously extremely Correct. streamlined aggressive. Uh, yeah. and aggressive, and they, are, they have a great understanding. Uh, but what they don't have, for example, is um, the events. Uh, they, they don't have and 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 talk about you know the community creating, maybe is not yeah, as uh, the community yeah. and you know talk again about uh, creating trust and and um, and creating a good reputation and a, a good brand and and uh, and uh, a good domain with a brand that um, like Google is going to look at uh, a, a company and an affiliate that is organizing events as like okay this is clearly not the person in in a basement in you know, a random country, Correct. whatever. Correct. Um, this is a trust uh, factor, right? And Correct. Like, and like from that, um, it seems like there is so much like opportunity, like in, in the affiliate side of things. Like, what's now, now you here? go back to the original question, which you asked me at the yeah. beginning. Are you ready to sell? Yes. Now you understand a bit better, better why. <laughs> no, now you understand better why I'm not ready to sell yet at the right. moment, right? Yeah. Because the end game can be so much bigger. Uh, the media business still has to grow to, to mature, right? It's still embryonic. Right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... We, yeah. We'll put a calendar invite there when you do acquire Better Collective uh, here in a couple of years. Oh, so us we'll, acquiring? Really, yeah, yeah. Then, then we'll, no do, we'll, do, we'll do a follow-up uh, no at that way, point. No, there. way, no, <laughs> way, no. There's, there's, uh, there's way small, a lot of smaller yeah. fish that at the moment we're looking at um, in the yeah. affiliate business. There's a few very interesting assets okay. yeah. uh, wanting to sell. Uh, so, so, so on, on that note, uh, you recently acquired a minority stake, a 30% stake in Affiliate World, as you pointed out mm -hmm. earlier in the conversation. Uh, what, was the, uh, what was the logic behind that uh, um, part acquisition or, or investment or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. And what do you plan to, uh, uh, to do together with Affiliate World? Uh, yeah, the World? deal there uh, allows us to acquire 30% of the business, but more than interested in becoming a minority shareholder, it's wanting to rub shoulders with these guys. Um, I went to their conference 10 years ago with my then girlfriend, now my wife, and uh, both of us were blown away by the energy in the fucking room, right? We were in Bangkok and like, who are these people? And they were all super affiliates doing tremendously well, speaking at a technical level, which we couldn't comprehend back then. And I just remained in awe for all those years. Um, back then, little did I know that I would become a, a very hard, honored partner with them. Why the acquisition? Um, operators keep telling us, Eman, we want to see more affiliates. We don't want to see the same faces over and over again. Um, PPC is a significant part of affiliation, not just SEO. And Affiliate World does tremendously well on that front. The acquisition wasn't there just for us to acquire 30%, but more strategically for, for us to align our three of our conferences with their three conferences. Um, so the plan is to have the show in Dubai and the other two shows, Bangkok and Barcelona from Affiliate World, aligned with three shows of Sigma. So any operator from the gaming industry now knows that if they come to our show in uh, Dubai, if they come to our show in Manila, if they come to our show in Prague, as we're moving Limassol to Prague, if they come to any of these three shows, there's going to be another 5,000 affiliates roaming the city, likely wanting to come to Sigma because we give them free entrance anyway. And that fresh bloodline of affiliates hopefully will uh, will inject some reinvigorated strength in those operators. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. But when will be the first show that you uh, Dubai. align? It will Dubai, be Dubai immediately, yeah, yeah. March or something like that. Yeah, yeah February, because March February. there's uh, what's, the Ramadan, what's Ramadan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 okay, fair enough. Yeah, so, so, so interesting. So it's a, a very different back. move. Yeah. So yeah, two days Sigma, followed yeah. by two days of Affiliate World. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, on our website, if you're registering, you get the opportunity to register to theirs. Yeah. Same on their website. So we're really becoming one. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. One. Uh, so, so the question that is back to be, uh, back to be asked is, uh, so, so you have quite interesting verticals in the company. You know, you, you obviously host the, uh, the iGaming shows that are spread across the world. They are huge. 
you're also at the same time organizing conferences in other ver verticals. You mentioned the, uh, the MedTech uh, conference that's taking place uh, now in, in uh, Valletta next week. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you host the AIBC shows uh, as well, which is um, the, kind of the, the blockchain and AI conferences as well. Uh, but outside of the conference world, you also are an affiliate. Uh, you you do M and A introductions. You have the um, affiliate vertical uh, as well. Is there is there any point you feel you get a bit spread thin doing everything at once? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sometimes the thought crosses my mind. Yeah, obviously I'm not uh, oblivious to that. It all boils down to how strong your team is, right? Um, People who invest and are involved in multiple companies, are they necessarily spreading themselves to thin? Is Tim Heath spreading himself to thin? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I think he's strategically being involved in companies that support each other out, right? And most of his moves are three steps ahead, right? And I'd like to think that what we're doing with the Sigma Group is also that. So we do the AIBC conference together with Sigma. I'll give you a small example. We have the brand AIBC because we want to attract uh, luminaries from AI, from blockchain, from crypto. You know, someone like Vitalik Buterin will never go to ICE or Sigma or iGaming Next. I don't know, maybe he'll manage, but, <laughs> but someone like Vitalik Buterin, Andreas Antonopoulos, CZ from Binance, these guys will never go to a gambling show. What we're trying to do by having AIBC sitting alongside Sigma is use this brand to bring those luminaries to AIBC. Once they're there, they're going to be rubbing shoulders with the gaming industry, hopefully realizing that there is an opportunity to work together in the regulated gaming space, right? So whether we should abolish AIBC, absolutely not. Uh, it's doing exceptionally well sitting alongside Sigma. Whether we should abolish or uh, part ways with our affiliate business, Absolutely not, because it's helping keep operators happy. And as a result, the happier the operators, the happier the B2B, and the more interest for affiliates to come to the show. Um, the VC world, again, it's really fueling um, everything else we do, because now we have, you know, a couple of dozen founders who are also speaking vociferously about the Sigma brand. Um, no, I don't think we're going to <laughs> at all. Sometimes it crosses my mind, but uh, it's only during moments of weakness. <laughs> right, and I uh, so, so obviously we, we've we've all seen the, uh, the the kind of the rise and rise of, of Sigma in in, in years and the, and the products that's been successful and so on. But can you talk about like have you had any like particular fuck up throughout the years? Like, is there any yeah. any moments where like any any product you launched or any moment where you're like Okay, we fucked that up. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plenty. Plenty. The most classic one, which everyone knows, is going against um, regulations. So I remember during COVID, um, the limit was 100 people. You right. couldn't have more than 100 people in a, in yep. a space. 100 people standing, 300 people seated. That was, that was a yeah, choose. <laughs> and it was at the time where, you know, you go out uh, to Pacheville you see a sea of 50,000 people just snogging, right? In the streets yeah. of Pacheville. So there's that happening and there's this law telling you no more than 100 people yeah. at a conference. Yeah. I'm seeing all my competition um, organizing conferences, having the time of their life in the rest of Europe because they had relaxed their regulations. You know, I remember going to Amsterdam, to Barcelona, yep. IGB and SBC, and they're having the time of their life because finally they could cash in. And Malta only allows 100 people. So we drafted this weird-ass looking plan where we thought, okay, there's all these entrances. 100 people will come from here. 100 people will come from there. Yeah, yeah. And they have to go in, in sections, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 we had the same thing. And, they signed, and it was signed so off, stupid, right? Like, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. signed off. It's so, so fucking stupid. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was signed off. It was signed off. <laughs> <laughs> it was signed off so so i mean we're laughing now but back yeah. then you know it was either that or else i yeah. go bankrupt right yeah. and uh and people lose their jobs and it uh, it was a painful moment yeah um so the show happened and i was 
ecstatic because after missing 2020 show, finally November 2021 could happen. So extremely, extremely happy. Uh, I think having Akon at Sky Club, uh, we could have done with, <laughs> we could have done without. What, what, what happened? Like? Tell the story. Tell the story. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, you tell it. You tell it. We could have done without it. So uh, already, some people were getting annoyed, right? Because there's Sigma going on at the MFCC, and uh, and I think the party was just the last straw that broke the camel's back. So right. Right. so before midnight, you see like. Uh, uh, a sea of sirens, police cars yeah. just closing, shutting down the party, right. which, uh, yeah, I think we deserved, we deserved <laughs> to have it shut down because it, that was Fair very, enough. that was very insensitive. But again, the decision was taken on the fact that you go to Pacheville and you yep. see 40,000 people snogging in the streets of Pacheville during COVID, right? A week before Sigma. Um, so and just to make an example of you, at, at, and, and at right the same time, so, yeah. it happened another it's twenty fine. parties uh, that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you were there, right? You know what? Yeah, was yeah, going yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so that was the biggest fuck up which uh, <laughs> I did. But in the grand scheme of things, I was extremely thankful that the company could survive. Uh, we took calculated risks, and overall, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I think it, 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 we, we can't have this podcast also without uh, uh, talking about um, our our friendly competition uh, as well. So, uh, SPC been uh, establishing their show in Barcelona a uh, couple of years. They've done it extremely successfully over there. Uh, ICE uh, decided to move from London to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of controversies uh, uh, and... Um, uh, some allegations were, were made back and forth there, but, and, and this ended with SPC taking the decision to move to uh, to Lisbon, of course. What, what did you make of all of this uh, drama, if I may ask? Yeah, we, we look, we understand the pain uh, Rasmus and his, and his fabulous team would feel um, because of that. I don't think there was any malice from the side of Clarion. I've always found them extremely professional in what they do, and I... I look at them in awe, right? I, I, I learn a lot from Clarion, the way they operate, so professional. Um, so I doubt there was any in any ill intentions um, from them. I, I genuinely believe that a survey was carried out and it was in their best interest to hold it in Barcelona, uh, which they did. Um, look, SBC are doing a show in Brazil after we had a successful show in Brazil. Do we complain? No, it's it's a free world. Come on, come on. Um, uh, I'm sure their show will be great in Brazil. I'm sure our show will be also great in Brazil. And uh, for us to say, oh, but we were there first, and you shouldn't have come there. No, yeah, no, it's not. It's not how we do business. Yeah. When you see uh, when you see a show like SPC Barcelona, which has now moved to uh, to Lisbon, rising and rising, mm -hmm. uh, do, do you feel it's becoming a threat to Sigma? Consider Sigma Malta, considering it's close to in the calendar year, it's kind of similar in proposition, so on and so forth. Is the, is this show yeah. too competitive? Yeah. And, and uh, how do you how do we view that in the long run? Great question. I'll uh, I'll be honest with you. We've been so busy with our shows back to back, right? Every two months, we have a massive show to handle. And we've been so busy focusing on a global mandate, right? I'm devoting a lot of my energy, uh, becoming friends with the Asian community, but jumping in the trenches with the Asians. I'm spending a lot of energy jumping in the trenches with the community from Latin America, from Africa. So we're thinking global and uh, and yeah, I'm quite frankly, I'm not thinking too much about how SBC, how Gaming Next, how ICE is going to disrupt Sigma and Morta. Also, because Sigma and Morta is just growing from strength to strength. Um, I, I think there's room for plenty of shows. Yeah. Again, as we said before, right? I think there's room for more. I know the market seems saturated. I honestly think there's room for more still. Yeah. There's room for more. Um, I'd, I'd actually love to do an exercise. I'd love to see how many exhibitors uh, the shows get. I want to see what ICE gets in terms of online exhibitors. Online, yeah. Let's let's part ways with their land-based presence. Yeah. Online exhibitors at ICE. Online exhibitors 
online gaming exhibitors at SBC, at Sigma. I don't think there's been anyone who has done a study like this. Yeah, because uh, um, those numbers don't lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can say you have uh, 200,000 delegates, um, <laughs> but unless they're audited, you know, who's, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, the numbers yeah. are usually rounded uh, upwards. So. <laughs> Slightly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. allegedly. Um, but, but exhibitors don't lie, right? The floor plan is there. Uh, you're not going to put companies that didn't exhibit on the floor. It, it would look tremendously silly. So yeah, I'd, I'd love for someone to do an exercise and say, okay, 2023, these are the exhibitors across the largest shows in Europe. Yeah. And um, that would give you generally a good idea of how many delegates those shows are getting, because I think it's proportionally related, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah probably. Um, so, so looking forward now, Iman, um, you've you've decided to grow through M and A to some extent. Uh, now to enter the Brazilian market through M and A, uh, affiliate world through M and A, um, in the affiliates uh, vertical as well, um, M and A as well. Uh, do you see future growth in Sigma as well through M and A? Are you uh, is, is are you, are you looking more at organic growth or growth through M and A? Both, both, yeah, both. Mm -hmm. It's a learning curve for me. I'm learning a lot on the M and A front, and uh, yeah, I, I want to keep growing Sigma, both organically and through M and A. I still treat it as a startup, so I try to retain this energy in me rather than spending too much time in the boardroom. Uh, I want to be out there with people, meeting new people, just like I built a community around me in Europe. Uh, now I'm doing the same in Asia, in Africa, in LATAM. Uh, not so much in the States, in North America, in, uh, in those markets. So, so yeah, maybe an acquisition on those lines um, uh, could be fitting for the Sigma group. Um, but sky is the limit, right? There's, yeah. there's still so much more to achieve. Yeah. Um, Wait, is the, is the any of the three verticals that you, um, that you prioritize is, is the, the, uh, the conference vertical, that's the main vertical, like the, that's the, uh, that's what funds the other verticals to say. So far. Yes. Yeah. And it's in our roadmap that we balance them out. Right. So, you know, if you look at the conference business, there's potentially a hundred thousand people that can come to your conferences, right? All over the world. Um, and we're really coming close to that. On the affiliate front, um, probably, I don't know, 10 million, uh, 10 million customers can become your, uh, your client. So if we hit 100,000 on the events, 10 million on, uh, on the play, on Stigma play, uh, then we're flying, right? <laughs> then we're flying. But that's, uh, that's, uh, that's going to, to take a while. Yeah. Then, then a man can go down to the beach and, uh, <laughs> and, and relax for, yeah, yeah, no, for a couple there's, of days there's, or two. There's more, right? There, then there's, there's the VC fund. Um, that's a mandate until 2030. Again, we're hoping to see 15 to 20 X returns uh, to our investors there. And ultimately, what truly makes me happy is the foundation. If I can impact positively at least a million people in this world right. uh, before I die, um, I feel like I've, I've achieved something. Amazing. And um, final thing to, to wrap things up here today is, uh, I'm on, um, where do you envision Sigma in three years time? You know, three years from now, two, three years to today has been an incredible uh, journey. What, what's your ambition for the next three years? Yeah, great question. Um, the events, we want to have strong shows across all, all continents. Uh, we don't want our Africa show to be smaller than any others. We want them all to be powerful. Uh, on the Sigma play front, we really want to become an authority, a trusted authority um, that collectively between the summits and Sigma play, we want to change the landscape of gambling. Uh, we have this fun saying from stigma uh, to Sigma. And uh, <laughs> I know it sounds cheesy and corny, but you know, the industry has a perception, right? Look at most gaming companies. They, even the, the regulator itself, it's not the Malta gambling authorities, the Malta gaming authority. Um, so many mask what we're actually doing by uh, by using the euphemisms like gaming and and we want to maybe soften that perception right that regulated gambling that's safe and has the best in, uh, interest of the ecosystem to thrive in 
in a sustainable way uh, can be done, right? We need gaming to be more regulated. Uh, so the ultimate uh, end user, the player, is always protected. And I think we have a role to play there. We have a mandate to bring all the stakeholders together at our summits, but even the wider stakeholders with the players themselves on our portal. So if you go on the Sigma website, it's just one website where you find all the summits, but you also find reviews. There's going to be a space where, uh, which acts as an alternative dispute resolution center where players can uh, file their complaints and we can act as a mediator between the operator and the, and the player. The ultimate aim, it might take more than three years, is uh, for us to become the trusted authority for the online gambling, I'm not shying away from the word gambling, for the online gambling industry. Right, right, right. Evan, we've come a long way since the uh, since the parties at the Western Pavilion, the Sigma parties back then. I remember, it, I don't know if you remember that Amazing year, when it was place. like a total mayhem down there, <laughs> trying to organize things and set it up. Um, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to sit Likewise. down and speak with you and uh, all the best of luck in the future. Thanks for today, man. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs> Amazing.